Welcome and thanks for listening to the Community Christian Church Podcast. To learn more about Community Christian Church, visit us online at cccsterling.org. Today's message comes from Pastor Tony Ria. Good morning. Welcome to Community Christian Church. So good to have you with us. How are you feeling today? Do you feel as good as you look? Because you look really good. And I appreciate you making a special effort to be here. I know it's raining. There might be some mixture of snow in with the weather today, but you made it to church. And I, I trust that you were able, when we were singing that song, It Is Well With My Soul, I, I trust you're able to even go beyond the, the faith stage and to say that's really something that's happening in my life. You know, there's a lot of craziness in our world. There has been for several months now. But when we're in the presence of God, that's when it just seems like everything's going to be okay for us. And so I thank you. For those of you who've joined us online, for those of you who are here, thank you for exercising your faith and know that we have a God who not only will take care of us, but will continue to lead us and provide for us and favor us every step of the way. Do you believe that? I know you do. You wouldn't be here if you didn't. Okay, as Dave mentioned, we're right in the middle of our series that we've called Matters of the Heart. And two weeks ago, in the very first installment of this series, I said to you that with God, the heart is what matters most. Now, we as humans, what we like to do is to look at the outward appearance. Uh, The fact is, we draw a lot of conclusions based on what we see or what we think we know. Thankfully, God doesn't operate that way. God fixates on the heart. He always looks upon the heart. And his main objective, what he's attempting to accomplish in each of our lives, is a soft, pliable, and spiritually responsive heart. And our God, the great God we serve, will work an entire lifetime to make that happen for us. He never quits, never gives up, never gets impatient because God is all about transformation and change regardless of how long it takes. You see, our God's deep desire is for us to be made in his image and likeness. It's how he created us in the very beginning. It's what he has for us today. He wants us to have a heart like his. And so today, as we begin this third installment of the Matters of the Heart series, I'd like to introduce the subject matter by telling you a short story. A loving grandfather took his grandson to church every week with him. So the two of them went to church every Sunday, grandfather, young grandson. And the very first thing they would do, they walk into the church, they would greet the people at the door, they come into the sanctuary, and they would sing some songs of worship just like we did. Following the worship time, the uh, young boy would leave the sanctuary and he would go to a Sunday school class. And just before he left, before he was dismissed to go to the Sunday school class, his grandfather would always put two silver dollar coins in his hand. This happened every single Sunday. And because it happened every week, the little boy knew that out of those two silver dollars, one was to be placed in the offering basket that was going to be received during his Sunday school class. The other one was so that he could purchase ice cream at the close of the class. And it was something, again, that they did every single Sunday. So the little boy left. 
the sanctuary, was on the way to his Sunday school class. You know, little boys are. He's playing with the coins, fidgeting with them. They're in his hand. He accidentally dropped one of the coins. It fell to the floor and started rolling, and of all the rotten luck, it rolled right into a heating and cooling register. And little boys chased after it, stood over the register hoping to be able to retrieve it, but it went out of sight. He couldn't find it. That's when he slowly turned toward heaven and he said, sorry, God, there goes your dollar. <laughs> there goes your dollar. Now, we would fully expect a little boy to make that kind of a statement, to reach that conclusion and to assess things that way. But what about the rest of us? How do we typically handle situations like that? Do we sometimes struggle with what belongs to us and what belongs to God? Now, we know from the scripture, many places in the Bible, that everything we have belongs to God. In Psalm 24 and verse 1, David made it very clear. He said, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The fullness of all that we see, everything in the world, everything in our world, it all belongs to God. But here's the problem. A lot of our stuff has our name on it. And when you see your name on property deeds and titles and vehicle registrations and savings accounts and legal documents and investment accounts, sometimes we get a little confused about the ownership. And we forget that what we have has come from God's hand. Just for a minute, we lose sight of the fact that everything we have, everything with our name on it, it's come from God. Now, let me ask you a question. This is a simple one. In Old Testament Bible times, who was the smartest man who ever lived? Just go ahead and shout it out. Solomon. How did Solomon get so smart? Where did he get his wisdom from? The, the Bible says he was a wise, a wise man, the wisest of all. Where did he get that from? He got his wisdom from God. Remember that he had a dream. And in the dream, God appeared to him and said, Solomon, you can ask me anything that you want, and I'm going to grant it for you. Solomon says, you know, I'm a young leader. I'm just starting out as king. And I really don't know how to lead people well. I want to do that. And so, uh, God, I'm going to need a wise and a discerning heart in order to accomplish that. And God answered his prayer accordingly. And after God had blessed him with wisdom, and after God had given him so much brilliance and intelligence of the mind, Solomon made his way to the head of the class. Second question, again, in Old Testament times, who was the richest man who ever lived? If Solomon was the Smartest, who was the richest? Solomon again. Very good. We've trained you well. <laughs> or you've learned well. Same dream that I just described to you a moment ago. When God asked Solomon, what do you want? Solomon said, I want wisdom. God said, I'm going to give you wisdom. But then God said to Solomon, because you didn't ask for some other selfish things, you didn't ask for long life or for the death of your enemies. You didn't ask for wealth and riches. God said, not only am I going to give you what you asked for, the wisdom that you asked for, I'm going to give you what you didn't ask for. 
Solomon, I'm going to make you a very rich man. In fact, when it comes to finance, Solomon, you are going to have no equal. And in 1 Kings chapter 10 and verse 23, here's what the Bible says. King Solomon was greater in riches and wisdom than all the other kings of the earth. Not just the kings of Israel, the kings of the earth. He was smarter, he was richer, he was the greatest man who ever lived because God answered his prayer and met his needs. Check out some of the stuff that King Solomon owned, possessions with his name on them. You can find all of this in 1 Kings chapter 10. First of all, it tells us that Solomon's yearly allowance, his yearly pay, was 666 talents of gold. Now, that's a strange number, 666, but that's what the Bible says. In today's market, that would be just about a billion dollars. His yearly amount of money, his allowance, his paycheck, a billion dollars. And then the Bible tells us by law, laws that he had established, he received a tariff or a percentage of all the revenues that were collected or earned by the merchants, the traders, the businessmen, the governors, and the kings. And that amounted to another couple of million every year. So he had the billion that just came every year. Then he had all of these millions. He also owned a bunch of classic cars and automobiles. (laughs) 1,400 chariots of gold, 12,000 horses, every make and model. He had a very expensive silver coin collection. Again, it's in the Bible. His closets were packed with the latest styles, clothing, hats, scarves, shoes. Uh, He had uh, every gun and weapon you could possibly think of, every make, every style. And then he also loved to import colognes and perfumes and scented candles from the East. And then check this out. In addition to everything else I just told you, 1 Kings chapter 10 and verse 22 says, King Solomon had a fleet of trading ships. One commentary said that from what he could gather, that fleet would probably represent about 400 ships, big ships. He had a fleet of trading ships, and every three years, it returned back to him carrying what? More gold and more silver. You see, for Solomon, after a while, what God had provided for him, what God had done for him in blessing him beyond anyone anyone's imagination, it wasn't enough. And Solomon just needed more and more and more stuff. And he kept building bigger and bigger barns. You see, in his early years of his reign as king, Solomon determined that the riches and the wealth that God had given to him was for God's glory. Everything that he had, everything that God had blessed him with, he attributed to God. He gave God the glory. But then as time went on, God's belongings and God's possessions became Solomon's claim to fame. And the scripture tells us that countless kings and queens, including the queen of Sheba, They came from the uttermost parts of the earth 
just to catch a glimpse of Solomon's splendor and majesty. That's what they wanted to see. They wanted to see how great of a man Solomon had become. Not God's majesty. Solomon didn't point people to God. He allowed them to see how great of a man he had become. And unfortunately, all of his wealth, everything that he was able to gather together, along with all of his wives, a thousand of them to be exact, they ended up taking Solomon in a direction away from God. They turned him away from God. In fact, the tragic testimony of the wisest and richest man who ever lived is found in 1 Kings chapter 11, verse 4 and verse 9. Here's what it says. As Solomon grew old, his... His what? His heart was not fully devoted to the Lord, his God. And the Lord became angry with Solomon because his heart had turned away from the Lord, the God of Israel, who appeared to him twice. God felt bad. Can you imagine two one-on-one encounters with the Creator God? Not just one, but two. Two experiences, two meetings with the God of the universe, the one true God. And that wasn't enough to keep Solomon on track? That he eventually turned his back on God? And God said, you know, I met with you twice. I I, I really didn't do that with anyone else. I blessed you with wisdom. I gave you more wealth than anyone could possibly imagine. You've got a lot of cash, Solomon, because of me. And yet Solomon's heart became hardened and he turned away from God. You see, that's what riches and wealth can do. It can cause us to become self-sufficient where we think, where we reach the conclusion that we really don't need God. We really don't have to have God operating in our life because you know what? We've got what it takes to do it on our own. Money really has the power to blind us and to literally turn us in a direction away from the God who provided us with it in the first place. And again, everything that we have, all of the wealth that we see around us, every bit of increase and finance and resource that we have here in the United States of America, it has come from God. It all belongs to God. And because of his grace and mercy, because God is such a caring God, always at work in the hearts of his people, the God who knows us better than we know ourselves, has come up with a surefire way for us to stay the course when it comes to blessing, and not be ambushed by the monster of more, which has taken its toll on a lot of people, a lot of good Christian people. And that gift and that grace that God has provided for us is a giving heart. That's right, a giving heart. A heart fashioned just like his when it comes to resources. And now I'm talking about a soft heart, a pliable heart that's generous when it comes to the instructions and the commands that God has given to us in his word regarding the financial blessings we receive from him. 
Let me just say this, and I'm going to move on here this morning. I want you to see this, so I'll put this up on the screen. The blessing of God does not come just to improve your standard of living. His greatest blessing is fully designed to increase your level of giving. I'm going to say that again, but I'm going to say this before I say that. I say it often. My son Tony teases me for saying this. That quote right there was worth the price of admission. Those of you who got out of bed, whether you're in your pajamas or not, made your way to the screen, it was worth it. This is a lot of wisdom right here. The blessing of God, what God does in our lives to increase us, to give us everything that we desire, to open the windows of heaven and to pour out upon our lives, it does not come just to improve our standard of living. God's best blessing, his greatest blessing, is fully designed to increase our level of giving. And in the kingdom of God, authentic prosperity... And authentic success is not based on how much you have, it's how much you're willing to share. And friend, there are so many verses of scripture that I could use to verify and validate what I just said. The heart of God is a giving heart. And that is one of the deep impressions that he attempts to place into the heart of his people. And he does that with blessing. God does answer our prayers. He, he's diligent. He is a, a, a good God. Every gift that we have comes from his hand, and he does it so that we would feel and know his blessing. But we're not to build a barn or several barns to store all of our stuff in. That's what Solomon did. What we're called to do is glorify our God through our willingness to reach out to the world around us. All right. Today is Give Back Sunday. If you're hearing about it for the very first time this morning, what we're hoping to do today, what we're hoping to do with Give Back Sunday is receive an offering that will enable us to continue to meet all of our mission and outreach financial commitments. Now, this is something that we typically do in May. We've done it for the past maybe 10 or 12 years on Mission Sunday, the first Sunday in May. However, because of the pandemic this year, we canceled Mission Sunday and we opted to do it today. But just so you know, even though we canceled Mission Sunday in May and we didn't receive the offering, we still have been giving generously to all of our mission partners because the financial needs have been so great and tremendous. In fact, at God's prompting, we have given more money away this year than in previous years. And so what we're asking you to do is to help us reach this $100,000 goal by giving a very generous year-end gift. And in just a few minutes, we're going to receive an offering. And those of you who are at home can participate in this offering. If you're not prepared to give any kind of a donation today, we're going to receive Give Back Sunday and mission money to the end of the year, so you have the next six weeks to do that. And for those of you who have already given, and there have been plenty of gifts that have come in, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for your sacrifice and for your giving. You have been able to sustain most of our outreach to our mission partners, so thank you so much for that. But just before we receive the offering, what I'd like to do is just update you on a few of the things that we've been able to do through our mission and outreach efforts. I'm not going to include them all. Uh, if you'd like to know all about our mission plan, you can go to our website 
at cccsterling.org or cccsterling.org and click on the missions page. You can read all about all of the missionary uh, ministries that we support. All right, let's start uh, with this little report uh, with our Community Christian Church Food Pantry. Let's do this one first, and I have a short video for you. I know we've told you often over the past couple of months just how much of a blessing the food pantry has been to the people of our community. We've given away a ton of food, and I know that you get it. I know that you've heard us give this report several times. But you know, if you've never had to beg for food, if you never had to worry about whether your next meal is going to be there or where it might come from, then maybe you don't fully comprehend just how desperate these people are who have come to us for food. You know, right at the start of the pandemic, most all other pantries, food pantries, in our area shut their doors. We didn't shut down. In fact, not only did we stay open, we upped our game. And Lori Ingram, Mike Basil, and our faithful team of volunteers, they took ownership of the pantry and they made sure the people who were depending on us for food had food on their table. And they deserved a huge round of applause. We're talking about, over the last six or seven months, 450 families right around. Not people, families that lined up for food and some of them waited for hours to get a box of food or two boxes of food put in their trunk. And in addition to all the people who came, we also have several outside 
outreach ministries that came to us for food, and the people that they ministered to depended on our pantry as well. Now, back in October, right around the middle of the month, I asked Lori to put a couple of pantry numbers together for me. And this little report that I'm going to share with you right now does not include the last four or five weeks. So right about the, uh, about the start of the, of the pandemic, let's just say April the 1st, through the middle of October, so six and a half months, uh, during that six and a half months, we have given away over one million pounds of food. A million pounds of food. Yeah, you have any idea how much food that is? So when I say that we've given away a ton of food, what I really mean is we've given away 500 tons. We've given away a lot of food. 250,000 pounds of fresh produce, 200,000 pounds of meat and cheese, and I, I'm talking fresh meat, good meat, high-quality meat. And because the demand for food was so high, we received another 200,000 pounds of food for free, just dropped off at our pantry. Most of it came from farmers to table. They just kept bringing us pallet after pallet of food, and we kept distributing it. And I want you to hear this number. For some of you, it might not mean anything, but when you let it sink in, in the last six and a half months, we have given away $2 million in food. $2 million. We didn't spend the $2 million, but we processed that food through our little pantry. Pardon me, $2 million worth of food and supply to the people that lined up some at 7 o'clock in the morning, and we didn't open till noon or after that, and they waited and they waited just to make sure they had a meal uh, for that day or for that week. You did that. Community Christian Church has done that because of your generosity, because of your willingness to respond to these kinds of offerings. When we call them, we've been able to impact that many lives. Now, back in March of this year, on March the 13th, it was a Friday, I'll never forget it, Friday the 13th, that's when Michigan went on lockdown, and we were told at that time in the morning on the 13th that we were no longer going to be able to hold services in our building. And so we called an emergency meeting, uh, several staff members came together in the afternoon, and we came up with a game plan so that we would be able to have a service for you on that Sunday, uh, just about 48 hours later on the 15th of March. Now, we had been talking about online uh, streaming and, and putting services online for a couple of years. And my staff said, Pastor, we have to have it, absolutely have to have online service. But I was dragging my heels on it. I was you know, kind of putting it off because I didn't want church members to get lazy and stay home and watch TV instead of coming to church. But now we were forced to do it. Now we had to do it. And so that Friday afternoon, Pastor Chris assembled a group of people together, put a little team, and we worked hard to make sure that we had a service plan that was up and running so that you could see it on that Sunday morning. And we did not miss a Sunday since then. Now, I know we had some tech issues. We had a few glitches and tech issues, but we did our best to keep the, the services going. And a lot of churches weren't able to do that, but we held service every Sunday without failure. Some of you will be happy to know we're not going to go back. We're going to continue to stream our services online until Jesus returns or until they come up with the next big idea. But just so you know, 
uh, you know, digital platforms online are not free. They cost money. There's a lot of expense associated with that. You need cameras. You need tech equipment, hardware and software uh, equipment, uh, computerware. You need uh, to pay different kinds of expenses. And to date, to be able to give the online uh, streaming, we have spent uh, pretty close to $30,000, $29,000 and change, and we have to in upgrade that uh, to keep it going. I mean, we have, have to add some cameras to the plan, and there's some other work that we have to do. And this money that we spent, the $30,000, was not in the 2020 budget, but it was money well spent. Because not only were we able to keep the services going, but at last count, right around 65 people have made online commitments for salvation uh, through uh, the digital broadcast. 65. Then in addition to that, we've had testimony that many, many more unsafe people are watching us and listening to us, not just in the United States, but other parts of the world as well. And so we are really appreciative that we've been able to expand and increase our influence, not just here in the building, but, I mean, this message is going out literally to the ends of the earth. Okay, one more local outreach endeavor. Back in May, so just a couple of months after the pandemic started, I received an urgent message from the director at the Abigail House that they had some severe financial needs. Now, the Abigail House is a home for unwed mothers. It's a ministry that we've been involved in here in Sterling Heights. It's right there on 19 Mile, a couple miles from us. We've been involved in the Abigail House, helping them, ministering to them, providing financial support for years and years. But now they said that because of the pandemic, a lot of the money that was promised to them, money that would come in to normally meet their monthly budget, was not available. And they were desperate. Now, we had already been meeting their needs for food through our food pantry, but now they were having trouble paying their bills. So we didn't hesitate. When we received the notice that they were in grave financial uh, straits, we immediately wrote out a $10,000 check and dropped it off at Abigail that afternoon, which blew everyone there away. It was an answer to their prayers. $10,000. And again, because of your generosity, because of your willingness to get involved in these kinds of offerings, the Lord used us, Community Christian Church, to help save Abigail, to make sure that they could continue to do their ministry and to pay their bills. All right, let's talk about foreign missions for just a moment. About 10 years ago, in partnership with Rima International Hospital Center in Bocasal, Haiti, which is about 70 miles north of Port-au-Prince, we built a pharmacy. We built a pharmacy to be a part of that hospital. And because of our pharmacy, uh, people are allowed to come and get medications and supplies for free. Every baby that's born in that hospital, the Rima Hospital, receives free vaccinations and medications from the Community Christian Church Pharmacy. And all of the moms who have babies, the pregnant moms, they receive free prenatal care because of us. Now, in January of this year, I, before we knew anything about COVID-19, I called over at Rima, and I asked them to uh, send us pictures of all the babies that were going to be born this year. And I asked them, if possible, 
to give us the name of the babies that were being born so that we could show them to you and, and you could associate a name with a face. Well, they started to do this. They did it in January and part of February. But then when the virus came, they had to shut down and they stopped taking the photos for obvious reasons. However, they did send me some pictures. I want you to see them. This is like five weeks of babies. There were many more that were born this year. And when I see those pictures, especially with their names, it touches my heart. Because so many... Babies born in Haiti don't make it. Without the proper, proper medications, without the proper medicine, they contract malaria and cholera early on, some other infectious disease, and they die. But because of the Community Christian Church Pharmacy and the vaccinations that this church provides for those babies, all of those babies are healthy and they stand a really good chance of survival. You did that. You did that. Next, we have the Key of Hope mission in Durban, South Africa. Through Key of Hope, Dan and Rachel Smither, they've been able to reach out to literally thousands of impoverished children, homeless children whose parents are stricken with HIV. And their goal as they reach out and minister to these thousands of kids every single day, is not just to meet their physical needs and to feed them and to clothe them and in the process show them God's love, but they really are trying to educate them and empower them so that they can live a life of purpose and meaning. And many of you will know that Every two years, whenever Key of Hope's in the States, we always try to get them here on a December, and we let the children's choir minister to us, and we try to bless them with a really good gift. See, through Key of Hope, many of these children stand the chance of sidestepping the pitfalls of human sex trafficking, which is very prevalent in these countries, and uh, child slavery. And so every dollar that we give to them doesn't just give them a, you know, a sandwich or a bowl of soup. It helps them to escape the, the whole sex trafficking deal. And last year, we were able to give, as one of Key of Hope's top sponsors, $25,000. Now, that might not seem like a lot of money to you, but for them, it's a world of money. Makes a huge difference, $25,000. Okay, the last mission project that I want to update you on is the Kingdom Kids uh, Orphanage Home in uh, Haiti. The, this, the Kingdom Kids is for abandoned children and for orphans. And the director of Kingdom Kids happens to be Christy Shute, who attends uh, Community Christian Church with her family, her wonderful family. And currently, uh, Christy is not only the director of Kingdom Kids, uh, the, the home uh, for the, um, the, the orphans, but she has started a second project called House of Hope, House of Hope is a Christian school and a community center, and it's in the final stages of construction. And rather than me tell you about it, I ask Christy to come real quickly and just kind of bring us up to date. So let's give Christy a round of applause as she comes. Thank you. 
Good morning, everyone. And I just want to start off by saying thank you to our church, CCC, for just being such a generous church, as Pastor Tony was sharing, and for being a church that does have the giving heart that we're talking about today. You guys may not realize this, but CCC has been a part of Kingdom Kids Home since the very beginning, even really before it was an official nonprofit organization or ministry. Back in um, 2012, I think I would come and meet with Pastor Tony and share with him this huge dream God put on my heart to start this ministry in an orphanage in Haiti. And that's back when it was just a huge dream and a God-sized idea. I didn't know anybody in Haiti. We didn't have the house. We didn't have the kids. But since the beginning, Pastor Tony and the team and CCC has just been with us and supportive um, through encouragement, through prayer, and financially. So we're just so thankful for you guys and the way you have given over the past several years so Kingdom Kids Homes can do what we do. But as Pastor Tony mentioned, we have an orphanage in Haiti where we have 16 kids. And I think we have a picture, if you want to throw it on the screen, of, there they are, yep, of the kids that are in our orphanage. So the orphanage started in 2015. And as I mentioned, CCC has been supporting us ever since. So our goal is we took these kids in off the streets. Some of them were literally sleeping on the streets. All of these kids have no parents or they come from single parent homes. A lot of these handful of them, their parents were murdered. They have crazy, sad stories of where they came from. But thankfully, now that they've been in Kingdom Kids Home for five years now, their lives are completely transformed and changed. And our goal at Kingdom Kids is obviously to take care of their basic needs, make sure they're getting three meals a day, they're going to school, they're, they're getting, you know, their basic needs not clothes, food, water, medical care, all of those things are very important and they get those at our home. But our main goal at Kingdom Kids Home is to disciple these kids to know Jesus and to raise them up to be the next generation of leaders in their nation. So when we take missions teams and when we're down in Haiti, our kids go out and they're serving food to people. They're helping at the medical outreaches. Now a lot of our older kids get up and preach at church or at conferences. They're laying hands on people and they're praying for them. So we're training up our kids at Kingdom Kids Home to go out and be the next generation of leaders in their nation and to be missionaries in their own city and in their own world. It's exciting. So as Pastor Tony mentioned, we are in the midst and actually getting towards the end, we're kind of getting towards the home stretch of a huge project that we've been in for the last several years. It's called House of Hope, and it's going to be a Christian school and community center that we have been building for a few years now in Haiti. I actually have a picture, if they want to throw that up, of the schematics um, first of what our building's going to look like. So in 2017, we purchased property in Haiti in an extremely poor neighborhood in Haiti. It's called Kanana, Haiti. And I wish I would have included a picture of what the house is and just what the area looks like there, but it is extremely, picture the poorest area, and that's what it is. They have shacks, that's where they live. I mean, probably your kitchen is bigger than a lot of the whole houses where these people live. They have tin roofs, shacks. It's an extremely poor community. None of the kids in this area get to go to school. In Haiti, every single school costs, and most of them can't even afford to get food for their family, so they definitely can't afford to send them kids to, their kids to school. So we felt called a couple years ago to help solve this problem. So we're building this school, House of Hope, in Haiti. It's going to be a school where we take these kids in that have absolutely no shot at getting any kind of an education. And we all know if we didn't have an education, we can't read, we can't write, 
what would we be doing in life? We we wouldn't be very far. So we want to give them a shot at having a bright future and just the potential to make something out of their life by giving them the chance to attend a Christian school. And we're also going to have a community center be a part of House of Hope where we can help provide for the basic needs of all these kids' families and so many families in the area. So kind of like CCC, we're going to have a food pantry where people can come and get meals. We'll have a water tower where they can come and get clean water. We'll have community-style bathrooms where they could come use a toilet and take a shower, which might seem not like a big deal to us, but there they don't have that. It's a huge deal to them. And obviously we're going to educate their kids, and we're going to have a medical clinic where people can come and get medical care. So it's going to be a really large project to just help meet basic needs of the families and the children in this community, but also most importantly, to lead them to Christ. And just like we're doing at Kingdom Kids with discipling our kids to go out and be the next generation of leaders in Haiti, that's exactly what we're going to do with all of our future students at our school. We're going to train them up to know how to pray for people, know how to share their testimony, know how to lead worship. Because again, we want to raise up these kids in Haiti to be the next generation of leaders to go out and change their world. So I have a couple more pictures of the property. So I showed you kind of what the building's going to look like. Actually, one, I was going to say, there's one more of the beginning of what it looked like, if you have it. If not, that's okay. Yeah, so that's shortly after we, that's our director, Robinson. He's our Haiti country director, and he oversees all the day-to-day operations that we have going on in Haiti. But that's our property that we bought um, back in 2017, and that's a picture of them right at the beginning of construction. And then the next one... I just took when we were down there in September. So as you can see, the project has came a long way, and it's a $430,000 project, about that total, and now we only have $114,000 left to raise until it's completely finished. So God has been really good to us, and I was a little bit nervous, as I'm sure a lot of us were, with this crazy year we've had in 2020 with the pandemic going into this year. We wanted to raise a lot of funds for this project. And once the pandemic came, I was like, oh, I don't know if that's going to happen because it's just going to be a crazy year for everybody. But I am so excited to announce that God has just really came through for us and he has provided unlike he has ever before. And we have raised more money for House of Hope in 2020 than we've ever raised in a single year's time before. Yeah, praise God. So I just want to encourage you guys to keep trusting, keep giving, because God truly is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And again, thank you guys so much for all the support you've given Kingdom Kids Homes throughout the years. We're excited to continue to see what God's going to do. Oh, yes, I almost forgot. Thank you for the reminder. One more important announcement. If you guys want to come join us in Haiti, um, CCC is going to be coming on a missions trip to Haiti next summer. You're going to be joining us if you want to sign up on our summer missions trip. You'll get to meet the Kingdom Kids, see House of Hope, and participate in a bunch of different outreaches we do in the community. That trip is July 24th through July 31st, so it's for one week. And if you're interested, we'll have a table in the lobby after service. You can stop by and grab some more information, but we would love to give you the chance to go and give back personally and be the hands and feet of Jesus in Haiti. Christy, you are doing an amazing job in Haiti. It's unbelievable what you've been able to do. And again, like she mentioned, it started 
several years ago with a dream that God had given to her. He placed it in her heart, and he, he's just given you the resources to make it happen. You are literally changing the destiny of many lives and even the nation. And we're so honored to be a part of that. We commend you for that. Thank you so much. What I'd like to do is I'd like to use a part of this offering that we received today to uh, continue to bless the House of Hope and in addition to our monthly support that we give to that ministry to maybe give them a ten dollars or $20,000 check depending on what we have to help you complete that project. So thank you very much, Christy. All right, we're going to receive the offering at this time, and I, I want to just uh, remind you that all of the money that's raised, I, I say this uh, from year to year, and there's a reason why I say it, uh, all the money that we raise today and all of the money that's designated as mission money or give back Sunday Monday money, from now until the end of the year, it goes toward missions and outreach. Every dime. Amen. There's no administrative fees, there's no hidden costs, and no, I don't get a cut. And the reason I say this is because a couple years ago, somebody asked if I did. They wanted to know if, uh, as the pastor, I was able to reach the $100,000 goal if the board of directors uh, you know, wrote me out a little bonus. Be nice, but they don't. Okay? All the money that we raise, all of it goes toward the missions and outreach plan. And so we want to thank you so much for your generosity. Know that it's going there, all of it. Uh, what you do is you find there's some Give Back Sunday envelopes in the uh, seat holders in front of you. I'm going to ask you to get one of those envelopes out and uh, make out your donation or prepare your donation. Uh, during the closing song, in just a couple of moments, what I'm going to ask you to do is get out of your seat and come and drop your envelope or your gift in one of these uh, baskets here on the stage corresponding with your section. I'm going to do this in an orderly fashion with some social distancing. You know, put a little couple feet between you and the person in front of you and behind you. And we're going to want everybody to get involved. If you're not prepared to give anything today, again, this is not a hard sell thing, guys. If you're not prepared to give, then all I'm going to ask you to do is get an envelope and put down either that you're going to uh, pledge an amount that you want to give from now to the end of the year, or maybe you, you don't want to be, participate in this offering, so maybe you could put down that you're praying uh, for us and you're standing in agreement with us. And then those of you who have already given, you know, maybe back in May or June uh, when we announced that we needed some money, maybe you wrote out your check that I'm going to ask you to just grab the envelope and put down on the envelope, already given. And so that, what I want is for everybody to be able to participate and as a church, we can come forward and say, Lord, we're giving back uh, because you have been so good to us. Maybe you haven't had to stand in a line somewhere for food. Maybe you not had to call and, and go through all of the red tape associated with unemployment. Maybe you didn't lose your job. Maybe, you know, for you, things worked out really well. You just want to say thank you, God. Thank you when so many other people were struggling, you watched over me, you provided for me, and I just want to be a blessing to the people around me. For those of you at home who want to participate, uh, you can do that by clicking on one of the give buttons you'll find on your screen. I know there's a bunch of them there. You'll probably find one at the top of the page, and then maybe there's a give button in the comments section or in the chat box. 
just go ahead and click on that and follow the promptings. And then for those of you who might be watching or are from the old school, we'll accept paper checks. You could drop them off at the church or mail them uh, at any time. And again, we're going to be receiving this offering starting today, and we'll take it through to the end of the year. And what we're trying to do is finance our mission and outreach budget. Let's just pray. Father, it's hard to put into words the joy and the reward that you give to us to be able to invest in the life of somebody else. That's one of the reasons why, in fact, it's the main reason why you've blessed us so much. You've blessed us and increased our blessing so that we can be a blessing to others. And I thank you, Lord, for this church. I mean that genuinely and sincerely with all my heart. This is the most generous group of people that you have ever brought together. We thank you, Lord, for uh, the heart that you put within us, a giving heart, a heart like yours, to reach out and to be able to do some of the things that we talked about this year. And it was only a handful of things, Lord. So many others that we've been able to bless. Lives have been changed. Cities and even nations are going to be altered because of Community Christian Church. And Lord, you allow us to do this. With what you've given to us, you allow to give back to you. And I pray, Lord, I pray for your blessing upon every gift that's given. I pray that you would continue, Lord, to provide for the families of Community Christian Church. Anyone who gets involved in this offering, thank you, Lord, for being so faithful to give back when we are faithful and obedient to you. I pray blessing, Lord, upon your people. Pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the Community Christian Church Podcast. For more messages like this and other resources, visit us online at cccsterling.org.